As a reminder to all of our Empaths Without Borders listeners out there, Sarah and I are not mental health professionals. Although we're professional in other ways. <laughs> and this podcast is not meant to be clinical advice. Uh, this is just our own perspective and our own inner work that we have done. And we hope that you enjoy regardless. And welcome back to Empaths Without Borders, the podcast where we make your problems our problems. I'm one of your hosts, Jency. And I'm your other host, Sarah. Woo! Um, good morning, Sarah. Good morning. This is pretty early for both of us, really. Do you do podcasts for sure? Because yes. this I'm, is definitely a coffee podcast season, I think. I think it might be an only pod, yeah, an only coffee podcast season. <laughs> I think our lives just really, you know, got away from us. Yes, but I really want to keep doing this podcast with you. So we're going to just bear with it. And figure it out. Figure it out. So, so what do you want to talk about today? Well, okay. I'm sure that they probably can see from whatever we decide to title this, that Sarah has some very exciting news that she would like is now ready to share with the world. Yeah. So we officially announced on Labor Day. If anyone caught that. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what day of the week it is. So <laughs> I didn't get or didn't necessarily catch that, but that's really funny. Um, I partnered up with two other amazing women and this summer we started a business and we are going to be opening the very first licensed birth center in Wyoming. Woo! Fanfare. I'm just super excited because for a lot of reasons, um, because obviously, like I said, this is the first one in the state. We hope to get accreditation through the, the center that accreditates birth centers, but um, this is super exciting, especially in Wyoming, because we have such limited birth options here. And so I just wanted to share with you what it's going to look like and what our vision is and, and why this is super exciting for everyone involved. So for those that I always want to start basic because a lot of people are like, well, what's a birth center? And a birth center is a place where Babies come out of ladies' tummies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think there's a little bit more nuance to it than that. Um, I'm not sure I haven't had a child myself. I think there's more nuance. <laughs> Both there's the like birth- the funniest Monty Python clip about birth and hospital settings, like made decades ago. And it's like still spot on, hilarious. And the director of the hospital walks into the OR and is like, what's happening here? And the doctor's like, this is called a birth and a birth. And he's like, what is that? It's like a birth is where a baby comes out of a lady's tummy. <laughs> oh, Monty Python. So you need to look that up because it's just hilarious. Anyway, I, I do love some good Monty Python humor. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I- the birth center 
I, well, is, yeah, I think it's like, I think a birth center is a little bit more nuanced than just that. Yes. So why don't you talk about more of the nuance, Sarah? Okay. I think the audience it's, figured out the uh, first part. Okay. You never know. So a birth center though is a freestanding place that's not affiliated with a hospital that women that are in healthy condition, low risk can go and have a natural birth. And so in one respect, a birth center is like kind of the bridge between a hospital birth and a home birth. And so in the state of Wyoming, like many, many states, a home birth is legal. We have licensed midwives that can practice home births, which is amazing. Three out of five of our kids were birthed at home with licensed midwives. And we talked about that last season in one of the podcasts about my birth stories, but And then on the other hand, you have a hospital birth where it's more, there's a lot of interventions and, you know, if you're high risk and you need a lot of interventions, that's where you can go. Um, So sometimes that seems like two really extreme forms of like where you can give birth. And And a lot of people, I think most women choose the hospital mainly because maybe they don't know that they have another option and because Mm -hmm. it's like that's kind of the um, norm in the U.S. For sure. Of course, only the norm for the past 80 years. Um, And hospital, a lot of people either don't know that home birth options exist or they're not informed about like the safety of home birth. And so they're just kind of like, well, I didn't, you know, it's not safe. And they don't understand the midwives licensure or what they can practice or their experience levels but a birth center is kind of like the best of both worlds where you can have the out-of-hospital experience and what we call midwifery model of care in a setting that feels really like home but at the same time we have all the equipment and training that if you were to get into a situation where it becomes not low risk it's a simple transfer to the hospital and there's tons. We'll talk about all the studies on the safety of both home birth and and birth center births, but it's kind of like um, the midwifery model of care is different from a medical model of care. So a medical model of pregnancy care is kind of like treating pregnancy, like a disease almost where you have to be monitored and we have to keep close to eye on you and any second that something might seem amiss, we intervene and it's kind of like there's something wrong with you. And then on the other hand, the midwifery model of care, we start with the assumption that this is a normal, healthy family event mm-hmm. and we're just here as safety nets. And it so, is, oh, It is kind of like strange, I guess, because like I like associate hospitals with people being very ill or very injured. Yes. And so it seems, it is kind of strange that that's kind of like the expectation for like where you just go for births. Also, I would, it would behoove me, wait, that's not the word. I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that there's a lot of money to be made Mm -hmm. for doctors with women giving birth. Right. And so 
especially if you start with the assumption that birth is high risk and not normal, then you're obviously going to act in a way that like <clears throat> more of an extreme action, right? Like, oh gosh, something's going to go wrong. Um, if you're in a hospital setting, it's more like we're going to assume anything could go wrong at any second mm-hmm. instead of I'm going to assume that everything's normal until it's not. And then we'll deal with that. Yeah. So if you're assuming that at any, like I've been to many, many hospital births and I'll hear a doctor literally walk in the door, watch the laboring women, woman who's doing great, doing it naturally and say, looks like everything's going well for now. Mm. And just adding those two little words just changes everything. So it just speaks to the point that like, you're expecting it to go wrong and things can turn in a second, like on a dime. And while that can happen, it's very, very rare for birth to actually turn like that. And so the point of midwifery model of care too is that we're caring for the whole woman. So here's one huge difference. So even if you don't want to have a natural birth, right? A huge difference between an OB and a, a midwife is when you go to your prenatal visits, you're spending an average of about five minutes with an OB a revisit mm-hmm. and an average of an hour with a midwife. Yeah. So the midwife is learning about you. She's building a relationship. So we're talking about our birth center having relationship-based care. Like you're actually connecting with the handful of midwives that work there. So even if you end up with a midwife that you're kind of see, you know, you've seen like a few of them and then you have one of them at the birth, but you've established a relationship with all of them versus a five minute quick in and out. Like we're just doing measuring and assessments and that's all that matters. And for me, like that was super important. You know, last season I talked about, I had a hot, a hospital birth, then a home birth, then a hospital birth, then a home birth. And by my fourth baby, I really disliked the medical model, especially with my prenatals. Like it's kind of like, I knew that no matter where I gave birth, it would be fine because I've done it before, but I wanted someone to care about me, especially with my fourth, because oftentimes there's kind of a like, oh my gosh, like, why are you having so many kids? Like, I definitely got that vibe from the medical team. And they're kind of like, oh, like, why would you have so many kids? What are you doing here? Don't you know how this happens? Yeah, I think we like definitely like discussed that on the, um, the birth stories. And I think that that's still super messed up. Yeah. And Um, so then, and to like, kind of in a way, since it was my fourth, I wanted it to be special because it, like I could go through and like, it doesn't really matter. Let's just quick get measurements, make sure everything's fine. But like, I wanted someone to kind of take care of me, especially since I was now a mom with three kids already taking care of everybody. It just felt so good to go to my midwife appointment and have her talk to me and ask me questions about my life and see what was happening with me and ask me about 
like how things are going and what things I'm struggling with. And we talked to, we could talk about everything from like my four-year-old still sleeping in bed with me. So what am I going to do when the baby comes? And mm-hmm. it was just so, it was like needing more, that relationship. It sounds more like, um, like more comprehensive and kind of wraparound care. Right. So I guess like with your birth center, like, are you collaborating with midwives? Like what is your birth center going to look like? Yeah. So we're trying to kind of come up with the ideal model because we've been looking at a lot of models that don't really work well. And so our goal is to like do everything differently. And so part of it is that the three of us, none of us are midwives ourselves which kind of feels like a good way to control better our quality of care because we're going to be overseeing the midwives we hire and we're going to be able to handpick the best of the best and like the ones that are practicing the way we need to be practicing in our state. Like that's going to be super important. There's rules and regulations of how we can practice, but they're really great. And We want midwives that will adhere to them, but also practice in that midwifery model of care and have great quality care. So because a lot of birth centers start, and I'm sure there's tons and tons of great birth centers that start with the midwife that owns the center, but sometimes that can cause issues because if, you know, if I was a midwife and I'm starting the center and then I wanted to hire people, there can be a lot of like conflict with that. Like who's in charge, who's practicing the right ways and there's no oversight Mm -hmm. as well as midwives who are trying to do it all. Like they're starting their own centers and then they're also having to do admin and billing and reception. And so we're going to make this big and legit and have employees. So we're planning on hiring at least three full-time midwives. We'll have administration doing like reception and things like that. Scout's here visiting now. She just figured out we're podcasting. I mean, it only took her like 20 or not 20, like 13 minutes. Yes. Um, and then we'll be the director. So I'm the executive director. Um, Danielle Kent is going to be like the customer relations and community relations person. She's doing marketing and all that stuff. And then Allison Hayek is our financial um, director. So kind of even that model is like, there's somebody in charge driving the ship, but at the same time, we're all in it together and we have equal voting rights so that we can really make sure we're staying with our mission and our vision for what we want for the community. And that's one thing that we really want to emphasize is that, um, so first of all, the reason we, I kind of had this, I called it an inspired vision. (laughs) Like it just came to me one day because we were kind of talking about how in Cheyenne right now, there's just one hospital Mm -hmm. and there were a couple home birth midwives that were practicing in Cheyenne and they've since retired And there's, so there's like a, a handful of midwives that may or may not cover Cheyenne and Laramie areas, you know, it's hit or miss. They're covering really huge areas. Like a lot of these home birth 
home birth midwives in Wyoming are literally covering like 200 mile radius. Yeah. I do remember that, um, at one of your houses in Laramie, you had like an apartment in the back and didn't you have like a couple that were like, they lived from outside of Laramie and they stayed in your, um, yeah, they would rent it for a couple months and then give birth because the other thing is like, it's fine if a midwife travels to like, like the Laramie midwife I worked with might take a client in Rollins, which is a hundred miles away. And then she might have a client in Wheatland, which is a hundred miles the other way. And when you have clients that far apart, you can only take a, you know, you're limiting the number of people you can take on because you can't risk that versus like, you know, having two clients do near the same time, but you're in the same city. Like that's a lot easier to handle. Um, But the other thing is the regulations in Wyoming is in order to have a home birth or a birth center birth, you have to be within 30 minutes of a hospital. So then we have clients that are, you know, living so rurally that they're outside that. So they have to come somewhere Mm. and give birth. Um, So Yeah. So our model is going to be really serving Cheyenne, but actually there's hundreds of miles radius that are kind of lacking any birth choices. And so women either right now are, you know, like the, here's the hospital, this is your choice, like it or not, or they're actually, um, statistically we're losing quite a big percentage of people giving birth in Colorado. So women are actually willing to travel almost a hundred miles to have some different birth choices. And so we thought that was pretty crappy. <laughs> and we had started talking about like, well, what it would it take to attract more midwives or maybe talk to the hospital into getting midwives or whatever. And we realized it would just kind of perpetuate the same problems where sure you could have a couple more midwives move here but they're getting high burnout rates because they're covering so much area and the winter conditions here are not conducive to home births because, you know, as I, when I was a student midwife, one spring we had, I was in Laramie, the midwife I was working with was out of Fort Collins and she had five Cheyenne births, home births in April. And that April, it it ended up working out miraculously, but that April we had such bad weather that there was like a five-day stretch where the interstates were all closed. Mm -hmm. And so if any of those women had gone into labor, they wouldn't have been able to have a home birth just because of our, the distance and the conditions. So we're hoping to really hit a huge market in Cheyenne, but also you know, Nebraska is one of the few states that I believe midwifery is not legal. Um, And so they're always looking for different alternatives. We have a very large Mennonite population in Wyoming that wants out of hospital births and wants to pay out of pocket. Um, And we expect to actually attract people now out of Colorado. Yeah, there's a lot of um, 
just thinking about Colorado, like there's a lot more hospitals, but I don't, I don't honestly know the statistics on how many um, midwives there are in Colorado. Yeah. And there's quite a good chunk of home birth midwives in Colorado. There is now a home birth or not a home birth, a birth center in Fort Collins. Um, and then one in Boulder and Denver. And so we'll literally have people from Cheyenne drive all the way to Denver for a birth center birth. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's just really, it's not ideal. Let's face it for not only having to travel that long for prenatal appointments, but then in labor and for birth centers, since we are seeing low risk women who are giving birth naturally, um, we don't keep them more than 24 hours after birth because, you know, if you have a natural birth and it goes well, then you should be ambulatory within a few hours and be able to go home. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the, the goal is to like, you're here so that we can have all of our stuff here and make sure everything's safe. And then you get to go home right away. Like you don't need us to monitor you and bug yeah. you all night to make sure everything's going well. So, um, that's kind of the model and the reason why we need more birth centers nearby. Mm -hmm. Do you anticipate that you're going to have any, I guess, kind of, I don't know if pushback's the right word, but pushback from the OBs in town? Great like, question. Like stealing their clients. Right. Um, we've talked a lot about this. And one of my biggest missions in this is to form a positive relationship with the hospital. And that's going to only serve everybody in town. So what we're aiming for is collaboration. And statistically, we, you know, we need each other, I guess. Um, so I've already started establishing relationships with a few OBs that work here, as well as trying to reach out to the hospital and kind of um, keeping them up to, to speed on what we're doing. And like my model will be ultra transparency, like, hey, you guys can learn what we're doing. You can check it out. We have these protocols in place. Here's what it's going to look like if we transfer, because it's important to have that because we want to be able to transfer clients if they need it and not have it be a weird situation or negative. Um, because what happens a lot of times is, you know, a home birth midwife will have to transfer a client, but they haven't established a relationship. And so then a hospital sees it and it's like, they don't get that this midwife has attended a hundred births that year that went really well. All of a sudden they're just getting a transfer from a home birth that's, you know, needs help. And they're like, oh, see home births, these always go badly. Yeah. And they don't know who this person is. So they're like mistrusting. And then the midwife's getting the vibe that like, this is a negative experience and we never want to be in a situation where we are afraid to transfer or reach out for help because we don't want to do that. Right. We want to make sure our clients are a hundred percent safe and like, Hey, and so the goal would be to, we're working with a, an OB right now to form like a consulting relationship 
so that if we have if we have a questionable situation, we can actually reach out to a doctor and be like, hey, here's the situation. What do you think? Um, we're thinking this, here's what we're observing. And they're gonna be able to like work with us. Like, okay, sounds like you might need to bring her in or like, let's just wait this out because I trust that you guys are on it and it doesn't sound like anything huge right now. Um, and so just really making that relationship strong. The interesting thing about, you know, the idea of competition, and that's kind of what I'm working in right now with the hospital is like convincing them that this isn't actually competition. This could actually benefit the hospital for a variety of reasons. And the big one is, it's kind of funny because like we talked about, an OB is trained for very complex situations, right? They're trained in surgery. They're trained in like twins, breach, all these things. Like if something goes wrong mm -hmm. and midwives are trained in normal and they're trained to see normal. And if they don't see normal, they don't need to know what it is. They just know it's not normal and they'll transfer. So we're taking the boring births basically. And then letting the OBs take the more complicated cases are the women who want epidurals, like a birth center doesn't do any epidurals. They don't do narcotics. You know, if, if you have a birth center birth and you eventually want an epidural, you go to the hospital. That's kind of the, the trade-off. Um, and so in a way we're taking the births that honestly, I don't believe hospitals really want. They don't want the women who want to give birth naturally because, you know, on the darkest side of it is it's not a moneymaker, right? Like you're not even giving her drugs. Yeah. I think that some people may argue that some people being me is that, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that I just realized that. <laughs> how funny that was sorry um I I do think that some people may argue that um that's kind of the point it's like unintentionally maybe but like OBs have been kind of um conditioned to think that births should go a certain way Right. and have a certain time frame not all obese by the way like right which is um we're kind of yeah I get where you're going with that and that's kind of like so we're gonna do the labor sitting right and like for most midwives there's really not you know in certain cases you have a failure to progress and you need to do something but otherwise midwives are much more able to like, just sit back and let it happen no matter how long it takes. And so then we're kind of screening those yeah. women out for the hospital. The other interesting thing with collaboration and the hospital is that if we can keep the women in Cheyenne, the big population that's fleeing the state to give birth elsewhere, um, we're also going to be keeping the people that eventually would have to transfer to a hospital. And now instead of transferring to a hospital in Colorado, they'd be transferring to Cheyenne. Mm -hmm. So there's a potential that they would get more of those clients 
because on average, so there's been several birth study, birth center studies done with thousands and thousands of women who have given birth at birth centers. Um, we can expect like about a 12% transfer rate in labor. And that's everything from, you know, I need an epidural to, oh, it was a, looks like it might be a breech baby to non-reassuring heart tones, but they're pretty much almost all non-emergent. About 2% of transfers in labor are emergent. So something's going badly, but that's kind of what you want to not aim for, but to expect, I guess. Yeah. And knowing that if you're practicing well and screening for risk, that's going to be about the right transfer rate. Um, and that's what we want to do because we want to make sure we're transferring appropriately. It's not too high, but it's not also too low where we're taking risks and not transferring women to keep our transfer rates down or something. Interestingly, so we haven't announced because it's not finalized our, where our facility is, where we have an eye on a building that we are hoping works out, but um, our goal is to be very close to the hospital so that the transfers are really fast. And interestingly, studies show that the closer the birth center is to a hospital, the lower the transfer rate. Hmm, that's really interesting. Because the collaborating OBs feel more comfortable waiting it out or working instead of like, mm -hmm. oh gosh, you're an hour away. You guys should just come in just to be safe versus like, sounds like it's probably okay, but you're only two minutes from the hospital. So if things change, you can always come in. Yeah. So we want those as low as transfer rates as possible while staying safe. Um, so really quick question before we have to, um, before we have to kind of start to wrap up, how is insurance going to work with your birth center? Well, there's lots of different like insurance. Well, we'll have malpractice insurance and liability insurance mm -hmm. for our providers. Um, and then on the, the client side, we will be working with all the major insurance companies to get coverage. So most insurance, like health insurance companies will cover birth center births, which is awesome, including Medicaid. They have to cover birth centers. Um, TRICARE covers birth centers. And so um, we'll be working with billing parties to establish like being providers for them. But then on the other side, a lot of people still end up doing self-pay for a birth center because a lot of times that's still cheaper than like a, a deductible. I know. Yeah. And sometimes just easier, honestly. Yeah. Wow. I'm really excited. So I'm going to, so the name of our birth center is called Earthside Birth and Wellness. And I want to quick add, so we're not only going to be doing prenatal and birth care, but we will also just be offering well woman care for anyone. Any woman um, who wants more holistic care. Um, or people with uteruses. Yes. Which is, that can be a whole nother topic because <laughs> we've already had to delve into calling. Equitable language. Yes. Without going overboard and excluding the majority either. 
Um, so we can talk about that another time, but yes, Well Woman Care, we'll be offering community classes, childbirth classes, lactation services for anybody who needs it. Um, we'll be offering like mom groups, prenate, like we'll most likely be contracting with different services. Like if someone's offering prenatal yoga, we'll have it at our center. Um, so it's just going to be a really great, like all-in-one shop. We'll most likely have some office space within our facility that will be rented out to like auxiliary services that can also serve our population, like massage therapists, physical therapists, that kind of thing. So Earthside Birth, and our website is EarthsideBirthYWY. And you can go on there and get the latest, but we also have a Facebook page now, Earthside Birth and Wellness. Yay! And when do you anticipate you're going to um, be operational? So we hope to start like literally catching babies by this time next year. Okay. However, that might mean we can start offering some prenatal services a few months before that. And we're working on the details like to do that while things are kind of falling into place. Mm -hmm instead of like a hard open next year and then taking people who are eight weeks pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of math involved in, in this um, operation, let me say, but we are working with the state and city to get all the right zoning and licensure. And that's been really exciting too, because they've been very open and helpful. And so that's also going to be a big Thing for us is to have again that collaboration with everybody because this is something that will serve our entire community and we want to establish good relationships to be like a positive thing in our community whoop whoop i love that thanks um as alexis rose would say love that for me love that <laughs> for you so well thanks for letting me share yeah, of course. I have to run. Yeah, I'm going. Actually, I'm gonna go bike. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that this is like a actually a really good um introduction to kind of the first series that I think we want to do, which is kind of a series on birth culture and yes. various different things that encompass that so I think that this was a really excellent kind of intro to that and also a really great way for you to kind of you know talk about the thing that is exciting for you because I'm excited for you well thank you um yeah so everybody please make sure that you like subscribe share follow and I think that that's the, all the all the <laughs> verbs is that all the verbs that I usually say subscribe, like, share, oh, review. Oh, review. And we do also, um, again, it's not def it's definitely not something that we expect from people, but there is a um like a sponsorship option that is always at the bottom of all of our uh descriptions. Um, if you would like to donate to us monthly, um 
you can definitely help us uh, keep this podcast going. So yeah. Also, if you have any questions or would just like to, you know, email us a little bit of a, Hey, um, our email is empaths with an S empaths without borders at gmail.com. All right. Thank you so much. Yep. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.